All right. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Card Authority, episode 42, 43, 42, something like that. Sound is working. Jenks is back. He has been very busy with his hammer, screw, spanners. And as you can see, we're back to a bit of OG camera angle. We've, been, uh, we've made some technical upgrades to the studio over the last week. Yep. And uh, those will continue over the coming weeks too. But uh, but welcome back, Jenks. Hopefully you uh, enjoy our newly upgraded setup. And it's great to be back. Yeah. And it's great to see Don in the comments, first, second, and third there. I feel like Don, uh, by asking the question, has he had any, does anyone like Asahi, that Don is probably enjoying this... Uh, this Wednesday night up in uh, sunny Queensland. All right, but we are back. Oh, Minwa's here as well. Wow, wow, the big guns are here. But yeah, welcome back to another Card Authority. Calm before the storm. Footy stars announcement on Saturday. Obviously, we will be back here for Card Authority straight after the review. I won't be here though. Oh, I won't be here for Card Authority. Okay. I'm going uh, to be away this weekend. Right. But AJ will be with you. Maybe a special guest coming into the studio. All right. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, we're going to be very, very lucky to be joined by, well, he's a rising star in the card community. He's been picking boxes for a long time. He's working hard on social media. He's been doing all of our content. The one and only Thomas Butters will be joining us for his first edition of card authority that will be 15 minutes after the show or the select release after the select preview i video. imagine we're probably going to see on uh Saturday. lynn i guess i would expect unless they do one of those digital videos again yeah anyway back to what you were saying how's your work been james it's just been fantastic yep. but i feel like your titling of the episode is probably pretty right there the calm before the storm yep. first release for the year Footy Stars is coming. We know it's called Footy Stars. Everyone else knows it's called Footy Stars. So that's the first mystery that's uh, been solved. Yep. What do you think is going to happen? What else do we know? What do we know officially? All I know is it is kind of freaking me out a little bit being forced to look at you. I know. No, I'm hold looking on. straight at you. I'm like, trying to look down the camera when I'm looking yeah, it's at kind you of, and the camera. It's kind of weird. Saying. Uh, oh, hello, Pecky and his fellow SCC members. Good, Good to hear. G'day, Burn. Yes, obviously a big, big year of breaks. I don't know what screen to look at. I've got, I'm going to have to look this out. It's all a little bit over. Shane Hartney, hello. Welcome aboard. Look up. Look at the up one. Look up. I want to see you look at that one. All right, yeah. I can look at that one. Yeah. I like it. SEC. SEC has been the big thing over yep. the uh, the last week or so. Maybe let's chat about the SEC before we get into footy stars. So you've been busy approving applications. Yes. So um, how many applications did you get? Oh, lots. Many, many applications. But let's yep. step it right back. Um, there's been a lot of discussion over the last week yep. or so. Um, obviously, what was the last episode of Card Authority? I think we actually... Two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, two weeks ago. We announced that some details on SEC were about you to come out. You had an exclusive. I didn't, I didn't expect they were actually going to announce it and open it up the next day for renewal. Yep. But it looks like, obviously, everyone did their renewals. I'm yet to see any person or hear any person that said they didn't renew their membership. Yep. It would be pretty crazy. Hey, Robbie. Crazy not to, I suppose. And then, obviously, they've opened it up for um, new for, members. For new members. Yep. So what they said, there was about 230-odd spots available that they Something opened like that. up, and I think it was open for about an hour. Yep. Um. The process, significant changes to the process from what was there a couple of years ago, obviously. ID verification checks. I got 
ID checks, which basically... So you ID checked yourself? Yeah, so I pulled my wallet yep. out and held my license up in front of my face yep. and confirmed that it was actually <laughs> me on my license. But uh, <laughs> no, I did uh, I did fall victim to the ID check as yep. did many other people. Um, conversations about that, I've seen lots of people commenting on it. I haven't made any comment publicly, but my stated position will come out of my mouth right now. There you go, you do it. Given Select, as we are well aware from the previous exposés, has been working so hard to follow through on their mantra that they want their cards to end up in the right people's hands and in the hands of collect in in the hands of collectors and hobbyists, as opposed to more sophisticated networks of people who who take the money out of trading cards, basically. So. Yep all their bot protection and everything they've been doing with their drops and the way they've adjusted that um, over time, it makes absolute sense, the verification process they're going through and whether that's verifying that your account is actually real and it connects to a real life person by verifying your ID or the whole referral system that's going on at the moment. Yep. Um, we're obviously pretty well aware that Select monitors a lot of the major social media pages um, and they obviously keep a relationship with a lot of the hobby stores and the shops as well so yep. it's not so difficult for them to sift through and verify information either at a glance knowing you know the, the names of the individuals who post a lot of content and buy and sell a lot of cards it's sticks at the forefront of your mind especially if it's something you're reading out of a list so i think that's pretty easy to pick up but there's no doubt they're going through they're looking at those referral names and locations and manually searching a bunch of that stuff up oh, i think I, 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 I my expectation is that they're not putting those questions in there just for them to be there they're actually following through on that oh, i've got no doubt there's some you know people or teams of people that are putting in hours of work going through that stuff checking the names cross-checking yeah. across groups checking select histories I think so too. um reaching out to card stores and other networks to yeah. confirm names things like that which you know some people will say that is too much so you can get a card membership yeah. but i also argue that people have been screaming to select to be more active and proactive about keeping yeah. the cards and, in the hands and, of collectors and, and filtering and everything um you know are they going to get it right for every time yeah who knows yeah and, and there's look, always going to be someone and I, I definitely think that the idea of overreach is a reasonable conclusion for people to come to that they're you know that sure. they're overreaching and it's too much it's too invasive but at the same time this is it's not a right to be part of it it's a privilege you're joining something sure. you're not being forced to join something it's not like you it's something that you have to do yeah. so the choice is yours if you want the benefit of being part of the program then you have to provide the details and you know yeah and glenn glenn just made oh, dealing with new screens glenn just made keep sorry keep talking while i just work it out yeah I, know, so, I think that's the side of things that yeah, glenn, glenn, glenn that made thought. a great comment here it's definitely needed to take control back of the hobby from scalping yeah and scalping is something and you know you've dealt with this in your industry yeah. previously you can't stop it but all you can try to do is put some measures in place to help to, reduce yeah, it yeah to, and stop, to, and stop to, encouraging. to mitigate it but also, also manage it in some way, shape, or form as, a, yep. as an industry as well. That's right. Exactly right. And here's the thing. Like, resale is always going to happen. It's, of course. It's, what you're looking for is the, the right type of resale. Yep. There's nothing wrong with resale of boxes, as we've talked about many times before. Yep. It's part of the ecosystem of trading cards. It's a, it's an issue which it, it, it's it's a more complex financial type of thing where 
you want the money to recirculate within the hobby. So the way that happens is genuine buyers, genuine collectors, or even resellers of trading cards buy something, sell it for a premium, but they end up respending most, if not all of that money back within the hobby, yeah, cards, whether it's on the next release, whatever it's a yeah. break or it's individual cards or whatever yeah. it may be where there's an issue. And as we've discussed before is where there's these more sophisticated networks of people and it's not one or two, it's large groups, it's hundreds, tens yeah. of or hundreds of people yeah. who successfully get orders through, they spend $100, but then they take $300 out of the entire liquidity pool yeah. of AFL cards. That's not what we want to see. Well, certainly late last year when you put your best Tracy Grimshaw costume on and exposed yeah. all the stuff about Discord. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we certainly know from the amount of messages that we got abusing us. And we got it. Our own website got attacked. Uh, you know, yeah. They and hit us as well. And we put in measures to try and catch them as well. And, and look, we didn't get it exactly right. Well, I didn't get it exactly I right. It was pretty good. But we tried to do what we could to, to stop it. And you're talking about, I remember looking at the website, there were literally a thousand people waiting to hit our website. Yeah, that's right. And that is a massive number of people trying to get boxes. Especially, yeah, for our website. Um, actually, Steve Massey just made a great comment here. You know, they're talking about how ID, this ID system that they're using seems a little bit invasive and why should I show ID? You're spot on, Steve. You know, you need ID to join 90% of clubs these days. If you go get a video membership, anymore i'm a boomer but um if you hire a car or it's any join any kind of club life. if you're going to show some sort of idea in any other state aside from victoria you would be used to when you go to a pub a bar or a nightclub you got to show id now not just show id they scan your id and yeah, it's, into an, it's into a national system yep. that recognizes straight away if you've been kicked out of another venue and you get refused access based on a, na a national database so yeah uh, look people societies become more conditioned i think to expect that all, yeah. all this sort of stuff. I, mean, I didn't even blink when I turned them on. Again, yeah. it's not something we're forced to do. It's one of those things. If you want to be a part of something, you play by the rules. Of, but I'd also rules. argue anyone that is really, and this is a general statement, not aimed at anyone in particular, anyone that's got a major issue with it is probably hiding something. Yeah, it would seem that way. It might not be malicious. Well, you know what? There's people that are standing by, uh, they're standing their ground. Yep almost in spite of their position of when it was first announced, they declared this is bullshit, this is a cash grab, I'm never doing it, I'm never doing it. Ironically, yep. if you were to go back 20 or so episodes of this podcast, when SEC was first announced- You didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I was like, this is bullshit, $100,000 cash grab, this and that, yep. you know, no way. Like, No way I'm giving $100 but, to myself. But then after a few days, I was like- Well, the I'm 11th actually, hour, I told I, you to do yeah, it. But yeah. and that's the thing, I, I was being one of the last people to sign up. Yep. But that's the thing. I was happy to eat my words at that point because the reality was the way that the market is and the way the hobby is getting access to boxes for $99 for guaranteed access is an amazing thing. And that's doesn't oh. matter if you're ripping every single box, you're reselling boxes, whatever yep. you're doing to have the guaranteed access, both at a financial level, but at an anxiety and psychological level, it's an absolute win. Like, I don't know. And I'll look, I, there's no doubt there's probably some people out there still standing their ground and there's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah, I'm, sure. not, I'm not having. I'm certainly not having a go at them at all. But they can't be upset when they're declined. Yeah, well, but that. But I, I don't know. It's a great thing. Yeah. Whatever they make an extra extra money, but that's only dollars. Yeah, but from a from a consumer standpoint, from a collector oh. hobbyist standpoint, and a customer standpoint, well, it's, and it's the, an and amazing the, nine. And the majority of collectors only want to open a couple of boxes. Yeah, and I remember that first year 
not having to stress about getting a box of the premium releases, yeah. Supremacy or whatever it was, just jump on your own time in that three days or whatever and buy it. Yeah. Was amazing. And so many people have voiced those yeah. opinions. So yeah. Um, look, it might not be for everyone. Yeah. Um, we've spoken very positively about it. I was all for it from day one. Yeah. I had to get you over the line, well, but I admit uh, I wasn't. And lots of people are saying best million dollars you can spend. Um, um so also just quickly, yeah, obviously AJ speaks prior to, to when we do uh the podcast, he does try and reach out to select to get a few clarifications on some yep. things, um, which is stuff that we see either asked directly or asked around the community. There was a bit of commentary over the last 48 hours of people saying their status was sh still showing unfulfilled or yep. they hadn't had a successful email yet. We can confirm that AJ has spoken to select and that is ongoing at the moment. So There's they are doing it on a continual basis, which again indicates to us that they are manually going through a lot of these new signups yeah to work them out and that's why it's happening incrementally so if you're well, on, if you're on the pod yeah, if you're on the pod at the moment don't stress if yours, yours hasn't gone through yet as long as it doesn't say what cancelled or something or yeah so connor lecomte actually the great man connor lecomte posted the status straight from the select page yeah here it is let me read it verbatim because he absolutely nailed it if your renewal is approved it is marked fulfilled if the renewal is not approved they will be cancelled and refunded and it will be marked as cancelled or refunded. If your renewal is still in process, it will it will show as unfulfilled. There you go. So don't stress if it still says it's unfulfilled because all that means is it's being processed. Yeah. So Andrew Peck, uh, we're just going to refer to this. Can you throw up his comment uh, on the yeah. screen, Hang please? On. Too many screens here. So Andrew Peck um, is someone that we know pretty well down here. He's only been in cards for less than two years, I would say probably coming on about 14 months or yep. 15 months, Pecco. He's a Hawks man. He's gone pretty hard. He's, I a, think he's a customer at our store. Yeah. We see him quite often. Yeah. Do I want to just read that out for everyone, what it says? I think it's fantastic. This way I'm guaranteed boxes. I spat the dummy a couple of times last year after missing out. Yeah. And I can certainly I'm backing speak him up. Hand. He spat the dummy. Oh. It was a proper dummy spit. I'm pretty couple sure on times. at least two or three occasions yep. he did say he was... Out of the hobby. Out, yeah, he was out of the hobby. He was hanging out the packs Yep. because it wasn't fair. Yep. Pecco, we're very happy to see you still around, mate. And um, by the sounds of it, you've got yours through. Otherwise, you wouldn't be saying it's fantastic. So congratulations. Yep. Welcome to the exclusive club, mate. And uh, it's, great to, it's great to still see you in the hobby. And we don't want to see any more toy throws like that anytime And soon, a few right? people are mentioning that they, <laughs> they got refunded last night. Look, obviously, we joke about Jenks owning select. Um, we don't know like why accounts or um, memberships get refunded or canceled or approved for that matter. Yeah. We don't know anything. We don't have anything to do with it. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, Orange Flam always selling vouchers. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, like Lukey James. All right. Let me read this Lukey James. I don't know if that's all going to fit up on the screen. My membership renewal has been accepted. So stoked. Can't wait for the new releases this year. As the great one, AJ, said, I'm really happy and guaranteed boxes each premium release and don't have to stress about missing out. And that's spot on, Luke. For 99% of collectors, um, it gives them the opportunity of getting boxes, whereas a couple of years ago, they would do a sale, whoosh, it gets sold, and you'd miss out. Well, as soon as, look... You know, late 2019, early 2020, that was the tipping point for AFL cards and most other cards yep. where 
the demand massively outweighed the supply. So therefore, if there's a thousand boxes available, there was 15,000 people trying to buy the thousand boxes. Yep. Collectors missed out. We discussed it at length at the time on this show and it's been discussed in the hobby. Select acted on that by creating a membership program, which guaranteed people, once again, a thousand memberships is never going to be enough to service no, everyone. No but clearly it's the number that they've come up with that they can afford to carve out of each release while still then having product available for the general, general public, public and yep. for stores and everything else as well. So look, Tom, I'm going to come to your question in two secs. Um, so look, we won't keep going on about it. Congratulations, everyone got through. Commiserations if you haven't got through and if you're still waiting on pending. Good luck. Or good yeah. luck. Hope yeah. you through. Hopefully it works out. Uh, good question here from Tom, which we might even... Uh, Actually, you're right. Michi Carter didn't sell out the first year. That's right. I think only like 800 sold. Yeah, it was like 800. Yeah. Million, yeah. So Tom Hodge, great Melbourne man. Uh, do we think there will be prestige this year, fellas? Last last few years, but but seems to have less value than, say, good releases like Optima. So as people will know that have been watching me from this podcast for a I'm couple really of years. really interested to see what you're going to say here. I um, love Prestige. I have such strong opinions about this. I love too. Prestige yeah. and I was really excited about it. I thought it was one of the best value releases you could do. Lots of numbered cards, parallels, lots of hits at a really cheap price point. You're talking in general, not specific to 2022. You're yeah, saying in 2020 general, when they came out and they Prestige, Prestige. loved it. Yeah. Um, and I had a special part, you know, it was one of the first releases that I, I ripped cases I with me to hear you harp on about it for a yeah. lot about prestige and i admit last year i was really keen on it i have to admit it's probably run its course i would probably be disappointed if they did it again i think it's probably run its course now so go from, from my perspective history will show i think that around about this time or a little bit later last year actually said on this very podcast i don't think they should do i would like to see them not do prestige again Yep. I have concerns about prestige. Two two years of a release seems to be the sweet spot. The sweet spot for a release. Yep. Once you go beyond that, it starts to I don't know if dilutes the right word, but it takes the shine. It takes the shine away. It makes yep. the overall feeling stale. Yep. And as a result, it then starts to decrease demand and the and the perceived value of the cards. Okay. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say I told you so, but. Okay. I feel like it's a situation where we've seen that in reality now. Not only did we see the 2022 release not come out at as high a value as the previous years, but also never achieve those values and much lower low points than the previous years. But what it also seems to have done is brought down the perceived value of both 2020 and 2021. So when someone thinks about, okay, well, in 2022, a green only costs $50, well, all of a sudden in their mind, the greens from 2021 and 2020 are no longer $150 cards or $100 cards. They should only be worth 50 as well. My caveat to all of this is, like with all cards and short print cards, such as all select numbered cards, yep. over a period of time, the supply level just thins out so much that it just forces the prices up and the prices drive up. Prestige will recover one day. Of course. It will recover one day. I think 2022 was a mistake and it would have been nice to see something else. I'll be very disappointed if they do it again this year. Yeah, I'm very probably, disappointed. I probably agree with you. And Shane just made a good comment. Shane Watmo, who's obviously been around, well, all my life in cards. Um, we've had three Prestige, two Optimum, two Broods, two Supremacy. We need to see 
fresh name Bang releases. Um, but what I was going to ask you, and that's a good point, Shane, that we're all for seeing some new things too. But saying that, if they did Supremacy this I wouldn't year, be disappointed with Supremacy. I don't think again. I'd be disappointed with Supremacy. I wouldn't be disappointed. And, and to be honest, like, uh, you know. Because every two years, I think it gives it a little yeah, bit of a break. Yeah, that's right. So Supremacy every two years, super premium thing, different to anything else, still different to Brilliance or anything else as well, because you have all the booklets, you have all these subsets, all these things. Yep. Supremacy is one that I wouldn't be opposed to it continuing to come out every couple of years so long as it doesn't become stale in terms of player usage and stuff like that. Yeah, they which need, is always a problem. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, like, good luck, like, in terms of ideas and coming up with stuff, you know. There's um, no such thing as new ideas. Well, that's right. Everything's yeah. taken from something else. There is no yeah. new idea. Everything's taken from something else. But hopefully they can, if they do continue to do supremacy, they keep it fresh. It does beg the question around things like brilliance, though. Yeah. Is does brilliance start to become stale if they do it again it's been very hot both times well there was a we got that, a good question hey, yesterday that, hey james that's a fantastic segue um and i've got too many browser windows open uh there was a good question from brian wood yesterday g'day crew i can't put it on the screen obviously where does brilliance sit in the hierarchy of releases low numbers in the overall releases but seem to be low compared to optimum other releases just thoughts and I hope we can get your insights. Cheers. So Brilliance, I think, was absolutely game changing when it came out in Ultra premium single. They've never card done release. single card. Yeah. Um, what I think has happened in the last 12 months, and this is funny enough, links a little bit to SEC. What is happening now is more cards are getting opened in that first two or three weeks of a release. Yeah than there ever have been before. <laughs> That's right. And SEC is part of that. Yeah. Hobby stores having supply breaks is a and breaks. Part of it, you yeah. know, what I mean? so whereas say back certified 17, yeah. where 20, 30% of the print run gets open in a first, month. In the first two, three months. Yep. And then it takes years for the remainder. Well, it's interesting. Certified, 70, 70, 80% is getting a funny opened. Thing. In, certified 2016, more of it got opened in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Then did between 2016 and 2019. Yep. There's no doubt about it. And that's the breaks which really drove that. So oh, the hunger for breaks yeah. just needed sealed stock. Yeah. So what AJ is obviously getting at here is that the stock gets open faster, the boxes open quicker, and it gets moved a lot quicker to market, which means rather than there being five of one type of card popping up over a week, yep. there's 30 of one type of card pops up over a week. Once all the collectors get theirs and their fill up is done, the cards start to stagnate. You then have a race, to, what we call a race to the bottom. Yep. Where someone comes out, a card may have actively been selling for $400. Then all the collectors have bought it up. They're happy with what they've got. The buying has slowed down on that particular card, particular set, whatever it may be. Yep. Then you have someone comes out at 350 Someone sees their 350 and goes, okay, well, I'm only going to sell mine quickly if I do mine at 340 And the race to the bottom is on. Once again, all I'm going to say is, Premium cards, good players, good teams, good quality cards, short print, numbered, they'll always stand the test of time. It's what is your expectation as an individual as to what time actually means? Because if, if your expectation is that cards come out hot, they dip off a bit, and then all of a sudden a month later they're going to be twice their value, that's really not going to happen. But you no. look 12 months on all of a sudden and the card that's $200 right now that is under market value either doesn't exist anymore 
or is only one available and it's $450. Sure. And then the hard decision needs to be made. And all it takes is two people to tango really to get the to, to, to get a sale done at that price level. Yeah. And all of a sudden Or the, a new wave of collectors. That's right. The entire yeah. benchmark. And the reality is there is a new wave of collectors on a constant basis, daily, weekly, monthly, but most importantly, yearly. Year on year, look at the amount of new names and fresh faces around the place. And it's reflective of what happens every single year. And people they get the new cards in, the new shiny stuff. And then they want to see what else there was. And you generally work, you're either going the lowest end stuff because that's what your budget is, or you're going the really high end stuff because yep. you want to get those really nice, super high end cards. So, so that probably segues to another question that was posted last night by Glenn McAllister. Uh, G'day, gents. Not sure if this has been covered, but really surprised at some of the low prices for this year's Supremacy rookies, both 75s and 25s selling for since the release do you think this will change as cards become less available to either team player or master set collector and this plays and ties into a little bit about what we were talking about that supremacy rookie is a little bit different we've talked about this many times it is the ultimate speculation release yeah we're not going to see the true value of a lot of these cards for a long time for two three four years yeah but one thing you will see and one thing we've noticed from last year is Good luck finding the number to 25s for those big teams yeah. in the 2021 yeah. release. And that's, so look, I'm just going to chime in for two seconds here, or maybe 10 seconds, but yeah. data comparison will indicate that being numbered to 25, most of the rookies, both from 2022 and 2021, are undervalued against the historical market purely based on numbering. So take away the team, the player factor, any of that sort of stuff, just purely based on numbering, they are undervalued against the market, which means over time, the valuation and the cost of those cards, it's going to be in percentage terms, a huge rise. Yep. And in monetary terms, it's going to be a huge rise. There's cards selling for $100, $150, Ultimately, some of them will always only be worth that much, maybe $250, $300, but a lot of them will be worth, uh, I don't know, I'm scared to even think about it a lot. Well, they just won't be around. Them, they, that's why they just won't exist. Yeah, they won't exist. And if you want it and it has potential as a centerpiece card within a collection, you're going to pay a premium for it. And this is time. It's just a time thing. And it's no different to some of those Hall of Fame legend signatures right now selling for three to 5000 when two years ago they were 1500 and four years ago they were 1000 yep. And at the time, collectors were complaining how their cards were only worth 700 you know, like that, that it's just time. It just takes time. And you got to look at the numbering of some of those older cards as well. Yep. Uh, and yeah. I think, and I think the market is a little bit guilty too, is that when a new release comes out, boom, there's always something that gets sold on the first day at an incredibly high price. And everyone is like, oh, I've got to make sure I get that price. Yep. And then as the, it gets picked off, it dips down as we've talked about, then people think that it's just falling apart. Yeah. But it's actually not. It's just settling to the price that it yeah. probably should be. And it's with all cards. Again, guys, like, don't get caught in the trap around a new release of there being infinite cards. I've caught myself in this trap. I was telling someone earlier today on the phone um, that I got caught myself in the trap with footy stars. There was such an abundance of footy stars inserts available. I was just like, oh, I'll get my sets done. I'll get my sets done. Brought my folder in yesterday and still didn't have a completed set. Put a post up on Vibes. Got no, no one, not even one card out of it. 
shat myself, went on eBay this morning and bought up a bunch of the, the remaining cards yep. or as many as I could from Footy Stars 2022. There was literally two of the cards I bought today were the only ones available. They were both numbers cards, something a number to around 200 or something like that. Yep. And there was none available. Like yep. after the ones I bought, that was the end of it. Yep. And it, it just shows like it really does ring true. The cards disappear after time. We know from our own eBay at RGB Collectibles the volume of Footy Stars singles that have sold over the last two months. We had to open when some more the release cases. was almost a year ago. We opened more stock yeah. to service the market. Yep. So be, be mindful, you know. Yeah, and look, I think you know, and there's obviously a whole lots of great conversation happening in the chat. I can't sort of get it all up, but it doesn't matter whether you're talking about older cards, current day cards, cards from last release. Over time there is going to be an increase as there are new people that not only come in and want to buy yep. cards, yeah, that's right. but people that leave the hobby and those cards are tucked away in a cupboard and just don't appear. Yeah. So it's not like when people leave the hobby or have they just sell up, up they sell up. Yeah, that's There's right. a lot of people through different moments in their life that go and put cards away and then come back to it later on. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's why the numbering of a card is never reflective of what's truly in the market or will may absolutely available in the market. Yep, absolutely. Flam trying to spread for business. Um, make sure you check out Gary Peer and Associates. I actually did some work with them on the weekend and they were real professionals. There's some really good commentary obviously really going on at the moment. Shane Hartney, I've only been in this great hobby for two years. Let me get on the screen. Let me get on the screen. Yep, I've only been in this great hobby for two years. I'm just excited. There's more footy cards being released. Can't wait to open with my boy. Absolutely. And we're excited about that too. It will, uh, <laughs> thanks, sorry. Uh, it will, we will talk about that a little bit later on, obviously. And of course, just if you guys aren't aware, we, as always, do our post select show on Saturday, straight after the live stream. Yep. We will be online to break down footy stars, look at the inserts go through what's good, what's bad, and give you all the details of the on sale. And I will be joined by the one and only Thomas Butters. Very nice. Lukey James has just brought up something interesting. And maybe- Do I need to read it before I put it up? Oh, no, I think we can throw it straight up there. All right. Footy Stars is an interesting one because it's, it's one of only releases that still has sealed boxes and packs left that haven't been opened yet. So a card may be numbered to 200, but only 100 or so have surfaced. I could be wrong, but that's my thought. Uh, you are you are bang on, and it's not just about not being opened. Uh, being not being open is definitely what about a part the kid of factor. It. You got the kid factor, so it's what happens to those cards once they come out of a packet. Yeah. The distribution model of Footy Stars—it's a Series One product. It's a three dollar a packet product. Yep. The distribution model of it isn't designed to service the hobby. The distribution model is for the mass market. That is a product that comes out. It seeds people. It gets kids on board. It gets anyone, your entry-level person who wants to collect cards, yep. someone who just wants to buy something because they're bored at the servo, whatever it may be. But a huge portion of those cards, one, they never hit the market. They get destroyed. They end up in folders. Um, you know, Team Coach is a really good example of how that happens with kids. You've got all these kids sitting at home with stuff they don't even know. That's why, like, card craft redemption numbers are so low because kids don't even realise what they've got needs to be used by a certain time period. So the same applies with Footy Stars being a mass market product. It's distributed to the widest reaches of Australia. It goes into supermarkets, service stations, news agencies, milk bars, Australia Post, all those different places. So you're absolutely right. And again, I'll refer back to it as we've done so many times in the past. The 2018 Dustin Martin Brownlow Reception, 17. 17 
The 17 Dusty Martin Brownlow Redemption, I remember asking at the time select. I asked in 2019 the question, was by far the highest redeemed ever, the highest ever amount that was sent in to be redeemed, and it was 30%. Yep. 30%. Yep. So on that basis, and no doubt there's been more done since then, As more the have been uncovered, yep. not just the stock got open, but people, when they started to see these articles and news and radio about trading cards and all these things popping up, they went and had a look. People, parents were looking through their kids' folders, all that sort of stuff. But I'd still argue there's probably not more than 40% or something redeemed. We should actually make a note to ask Select about this. I think it'd be higher than that. Um, but whatever it may be. I mean, I've got 40 But it's, it's reflective. Series one, especially because it's such a broad distribution model, yep. the numbering on cards is not a reflection of how many exist. And Stan Stanley um, <coughs> made a good comment that Select sold, Select and sold out of last year's Footy Stars, though previous years still available. Yeah. So this is a little bit tricky, Stan. So Footy Stars. Obviously, there is allocations that go to um, Avado, which look after the supermarkets. It goes to news agents. It goes to the distributor. Goes to hobby stores, and then gets sold general sale. Yeah. So call it day one. It all gets dispersed. What can happen though is that the supermarket chains send it back after a certain period of time for whatever reason. It doesn't sell. Doesn't get through the distribution center. Whatever it is, and that's why some of it can come back. I would imagine in the earlier footy stars, the 17s, the 18s, the 19s, the ones that are still for sale on select, is that's actually a couple of pallets of stock yeah. that's come back somewhere from a distributor. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And look, it's weird. You find weird packets of old footy stars in different stores. Oh, where, yeah. You know, I find like when I'm away on holidays with my kids and stuff, you go to some random news agency or random milk bar in some you know, holiday town somewhere. And you see a packet of footy stars current or two years old. Yeah, or, and you certainly saw that with team coach. Yeah, and you see with team coach too. Yeah, you definitely see see a lot of that for sure. Um, Alan Ramich has said something really interesting here. And I don't know whether I am for or against it. Uh, so you're talking about the redemption. Yeah. Yep. I think redemptions should have an end date. Uh, well, they started doing that on Supremacy. That's true. They did. They did do so that on Supremacy. There, there was two or was three the Michael years. Long sig or something? No, no, no. On this one. current one. So the the dusty Norm Smith um, booklet, or the yeah. multi-Norm Smith booklet, and also, I don't remember what else the, it was. No, it must have been the dusty Norm Smith. Probably the double. Maybe. No, no, they were all in boxes. Oh, they were all in boxes. Yeah, but that definitely had an expiry date on it. Interesting. Yeah, I think it was like 25. Maybe. You see, uh, Alan, this is a really tough one for me. So... You know, you open something today, you get your redemption, your redemption, great, you get it. If it expired in 12 months' time, all of a sudden the value of your redemption, your card in theory, if it's redeemed, probably starts to go up dramatically because there's never any more. But on the flip side to it, and it's probably a bit more selfish as a breaker, Yep. as a breaker, but also as someone who would want to open old stock in the future as well, it actually kills the value of back catalog well, because all of a sudden, if you know that 20 in, in 2024, that from 2022 optimum, you can't get jewel sigs anymore and you can't get mirror sigs, it kills the value of the product. So I, I suppose, and, and, it, and the comments are basically saying that so many questions. So as like, Don said, what makes select great is you can still redeem oldies disagree heavily. And then Shane, what again has made a, another good comment here. 
um, if they have an end date, yeah. then leftover stock becomes worthless. Not only does the leftover stock become worthless, but what happens with the 50 Dustin Martin signatures sitting in a vault somewhere? Yeah, do they have to get destroyed because they can never be redeemed? Yeah, so... I, that, I suppose that's the difference that Select and the international companies... And look, everyone gives Select a lot of wax about a lot of things, including redemption process and everything. All yep. I'm going to say is if any of you guys collect NBA cards or NFL or international product, go through the Patini redemption process and you'll regret having ever said anything about Select's process. Oh, sorry. They don't even get the card signed in advance. Yep. You could get a redemption in a packet right now where the card isn't getting signed for another two years' time, if it ever gets signed at all. There's the famous situation with Lamelo Ball. They went and put all these redemptions out they there, get the contract and out. they couldn't get a contract signed with yeah. the guy. And the problem is they then just give you what they believe to be a suitable replacement. could be from any player, any team, and any product release. Yep. The fact that Select only puts to market the exact amount of redemptions for cards that they have. They won't release the product unless they either already have every SIG to correspond with every card or, the or they're in the process yep. of getting yep. every SIG with every card with the contracts in place. There was a lot of controversy around the dusty late signing, all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, it got done. It got done, yeah. It got done. Yep. Their strike rate is 100%. Yeah. And we need to be confident in their process and how they do things because they've always delivered on it. And I love the fact that if there's 50 redemption cards in circulation, 50 there are 50 signatures in existence. Yep. If you get one, you will not be shortchanged. So a couple of good questions here, just pivoting away here. Chris James, for a first-time collector, what should I know about footy stars before I start collecting? Well, first of all, welcome aboard, Chris. Hope you enjoy your card travels or your card journey um just get excited about it footy stars is a product that is very accessible you can buy it at your local stores your hobby stores online for select it won't snap sell out in 10 seconds like a premium release yeah, don't stress you can buy it everywhere it's relatively cheap to buy three dollars a packet hundred dollars a box if they get the same prices it's very easy to consume um you don't yep. need to go hard in one week. Yep. There's lots of time. Space and there's lots out. of it. And don't feel stressed that you see everyone else going so hard at it. Do what's within your means. Do what you want to do. If you want to grab, grab a few packets each time you fill up petrol, do it that way. Yep. You want to go so buy okay. a case, buy a case. Yep. Do what you want to do, but don't think that it's going to be gone after a day. It'll be around for the duration of the season generally. And the good thing about starting your journey, Chris, is get involved in the different facebook groups look at the resources like the card authority we have heaps of resources on how to trade cards how to to list cards on ebay how to ship cards start learning the process of how to be involved in the card community yeah. so you can not only go and buy packets but you can trade you can sell you can buy and make sure that you you know just absorb the the information and the resources 95 yeah. of people in all the communities and the groups want to help they want to help you trade and be a good citizen as such yeah. in the card community. So don't be afraid to really immerse yourself in footy stars yeah. because as Jang said, it's it's cheaper, it doesn't hurt your pocket as much, and you can really have a good crack at it, opposed to say and starting it's, it's, at supremacy. It's a, it's a, it's a good a entry point to start to get your communication lines open with other collectors. Absolutely. And that's a big part of it. What you're going to find, and I think a lot of us come from the same background story is. You have a starting point, you buy some packets, 
you get into it it may have been with your kids it may have been with you it may be a nostalgia play because you were a, a 90s or 80s child during the card boom whatever it may be and then it builds and builds but one of the biggest things about trading cards is the community aspect the the engagement and the sense of community and participation is as rewarding and as important as opening the packets of cards themselves in my opinion and that's coming from someone who cops a lot of heat as well i still think that the the, the self-rewarding nature of being involved in discussion and conversation and correspondence with people is a really, really big part of modern day collecting. Definitely. I'm trying to find a comment. Sorry. Steve Massier's one? No. Uh, sorry, one from Steve here we Massier. Go. About I've, I've got a good one here, first yeah. of all. Um, yeah, so thank you, Chris. Welcome aboard. Hope you uh, enjoy your journey. It's only feel to free to reach out to us or anyone else in the community. There's plenty of guys here that all run pages and groups and yeah. break pages and stuff like that that are all in this thread that'd be happy to help. So George has got a question here. Fanatics are planning to actively advertise and promote their cards they release to grow the hobby. Do you think Select should? Well, Janks, what kind of marketing budget are you putting into this? Um, oh, look, we're <laughs> going to throw about a hundred million, million behind it. Um, look, uh, the Fanatics thing is... Don't worry about Fanatics. Do you think Select should be advertising mainstream? I think... I don't think Select do enough in terms of mainstream advertising. Do they need to? that's that's the the issue i think the rationale for them not needing to do mainstream advertising or more commercial marketing let's call it yep is the fact that the levels of demand continue to outstrip supply even as people will continue to sit there and go the hobby's collapsing tomorrow they're overproducing dilution 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 we've heard it for years yep. it doesn't come to fruition we see the real numbers within our network of buyers and sellers and participants more, people call than ever doing cards. more than yeah. ever there's more than ever more than ever in afl cards afl cards are apple yeah. forming so do they need to do it no they don't need to do it would i like to see them do it yes i always like to see companies no matter what industry they are from participating in good marketing and advertising in fairness though they basically get all the advertising for free at this stage because we as a community not yeah. just not just we as card authority but we collectively, when I say we, I mean all you guys who are in the comments right Groups, now. the breakers. Every, every part yep. of trading cards is essentially a self-promotion platform for Select. We're all doing their job for them yep. without getting paid, essentially. So, yeah, so I think it's... Pretty um, good for them. They're in a good spot. They're in a good spot. Yeah. That's right. Uh, it's a good question there, George. Um, Steve Massier, I found it. Um, I was a fan of the two styles, Normal and Jumbo. Do you think there will be the case this year? It's a good question, Steve. So obviously we have RGB collectibles here. We, as all the other card stores, would have got an email a week or so ago asking for us to list what we would like um, quantity-wise. There was no mention of a jumbo product. Um, there is starter packs, there is boxes. And yes, Stacey, I saw your question. We will be selling boxes here at RGB, both online and in the store. Thank you, Butters. Um, so, Do I think there is going to be a surprise? History would say Jenks normally has something up his sleeve. History would say normally... But we don't know anything. <laughs> we get the emails like everyone else does, which is yep. essentially a sales... It's a sales it's team forwarding. Yep. It's like an order order form. Yep. It contains very, very limited information. Yep. Generally, when we watch the previews on the preview day, there's a whole lot more than what's been sent out to the retailers in the email. Yep. Were you a fan of Jumbo? 
Well, I think we were quite open and honest that said we thought the concept was good. They just didn't execute it very I, I, well. That's right. I thought it was the right time to release a product like that to market. I think now is still probably the right time if they were to do it again. Yep. But agree. I think we've both talked about it probably at length. The execution last year wasn't quite right. The idea was right. The execution wasn't there. The lack of carryover of inserts was a real problem. So if they were to do it again, yep. I would like to see an upgraded version of it. Well, I think people were crit critical that there were parallels in theory. But then you didn't have predictors and stuff like that. But also then the parallels were kind of what made Prestige good. Correct. So by so kind of have both. So kind of by butchering Jumbo, yeah. they kind of fucked my baby Prestige. That's true. So geez, I don't know. It's definitely making me think I oh, hope I don't do Prestige again. Like that's that's a real problem for me in my mind, to be honest. Like it's that's now that we've talked about it on the show, it's actually really playing on my mind. I think that's a disaster if well, they do that again. I feel like we're kind of cutting into a topic that I wanted to move to soon anyway. Yeah. Which is a brand new segment wow. that we're gonna start here on a card authority. And it is called Change My Mind, Jankovic. Change Your Mind. Change My Mind. Wow. Because as a few of the long-time viewers and listeners will know, you can catch up on all the shows on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, SoundCloud. Uh, illustrious number two here, Adam Janky, mm -hmm. loves to educate and give an opinion. <laughs> so my topic today that I want you to change my mind on, Janks, we, as a hobby, are guilty of trying to turn footy stars into a hobby product. Would we be better off having a premium release like Supremacy or Brilliance? Wow. First release wow. out the we'll gate of the about year. putting someone on the spot. Instead of footy stars. Right, Change my mind. So, so, hold on. So, your question. My question is, would the hobby and yeah. the car community be better to have a hobby release a pre no a premium, premium release before footy starts before so footy starts January and March because it's been three or four months we all love cards I know I'm hanging for it we're hanging for footy stars imagine if they this week they announced it was supremacy okay so uh, <laughs> oh wow all right I'm a fan of building things up okay you build because if you start at a peak there's only one way to go, which is down. Okay. So as a year progresses, to me, and we're talking about specifically footy cards and footy stars and premium releases here, like this doesn't necessarily apply to any other sport or any other genre. Yep. We're going to be talk about specifics here. The start of the footy season signals the start of the new releases or the calendar year releases of cards. Okay. Yep. I feel like it's a process of building you need to start at a low level like a footy stars or series one and progressively build up to the bigger things as the year progresses. It's not to say it wouldn't work. The market conditions are that they could release anything at any point in time and it's going to basically sell out. That's true. It doesn't matter what it is and when they release it, it's going to sell out. But I think from a collector's standpoint, I would like to ease into it. I'm also conscious that series one uses the previous season's photos and therefore the checklist the team representation of players is based on the last season. So it doesn't pick up any of the players in new teams, whereas Series 2 most 
often no, does. Series 2 does. Yeah, yeah, series series two does because they're using AFL media images from the early stages of the season or whatever it is. So I have concerns that whatever the premium release is, all of a sudden, if it's not something that's supposed to be like a retrospective release based on Legends or whatever it may be, and it's got a current player list in it, it's still going to have the preview. Like, it doesn't account for any of the of the changeover. I don't know. I, it would work, but I don't like so it. So I understand the logistics. I, I, I like the build-up. Let's go something cheap, something small, our footy stars, then let's go to the next thing and let's just keep going. Let's build. But So I understand the logistics, but us as a hobby, okay? That's, for the hobby, you want to seed people into it, the new collectors, the new but people. Do you think that people get burnt out quickly on footy stars Maybe. because... It doesn't scratch the itch that they actually want something premium. It's it's an interesting one. But what about the notion that footy stars and series one is what brings people into the hobby? So you want that to happen at the earliest. That's a valid point. So you want that to happen at the earliest part of the year so that by the time the good releases come out, people have access to them. Like I dare say there's collectors, newer collectors from last 12 months in the stream right now that probably came on late in the year. They yep. might have turned up during Brilliance yep. or Optimum and be annoyed that they hadn't got on earlier and that they missed those earlier releases and they'd be thinking back going, well, actually, I wish I was there for Footy Stars. I could see what Footy Stars was and then I could get fucking excited when the next release comes out and it's got SIGs in it. Well, and then the next release has this. And I remember so many of our store customers, I feel like I can actually name some of them, whether it's Glenn Anthony, your Sean Deans, um, Jimmy Lawson, Pecco, all these guys who joined during a footy stars launch and the conversation in store is always the same of just wait, just wait a couple of months. You think that card's cool. You think that looks good. You think that's exciting. This is nothing. This is the NBA hoops. This is the hoops of footy cards. Just wait till the good shit starts to come out. And then all of a sudden the next release comes out like, Oh, Six DPSs, redemptions, all all, all this stuff. Yeah, you, know, was, you know what I mean? Whereas was. imagine Optimum came out and then Footy Stars came out afterwards. Okay, who's, so, who, who's collecting Footy Stars then? So Matt Thurma, you can read the comment out because uh, he, he, he kind of agrees with what you're saying, which brings a very valid point. And that's the, I think- Go on, read it out. Matt says, I've enjoyed the time off between releases and been backfilling my collection. And I'm a huge advocate of that. And as AJ knows, my time period because I'm so jammed up during the year to backfill my master set, which goes all the way back, yep. is generally between December and February is my opportunity to backfill sets. And I also think that aspect, and you've hit the nail on the head here, Matt, it is the importance to the sustainability of AFL cards is the requirement of backfilling sets because ultimately yeah. that kicks back into that demand factor which leads to the thinning out of the depth of cards, which drives up the value of the cards that people hold within their collection. Shane Hartney, he's on board with you. Go, James, you can he read says, this. I'm sticking with you. With, no, he says, I'm sticking with you. <laughs> says, I'm sticking with Woody Stars. My bank balance after Christmas allows me to buy some boxes to open, then I pray for tax time. Hurry so I can afford the bigger releases. Mm. All right, I like it. And uh, Team Janks. Glenn has made a good comment here. He said, Keep should reading. there be two parallel sets released, footy stars normal range that's unnumbered and a footy stars premium release hobby only? I support that too. It's probably smart. Um, yep. I like that. I suppose the only thing about it is... Oh, as, look at all this jank as, as, as collectors, you we so want it wrong, all. James. We want both anyway, Glennie. 
So as collectors, I think we're going to go out and buy buy the numbered ones anyway, yep. and then we still need the we still need them. Yep. Well, it depends what type of collector, but for me, I need every type of one: the error ones, the numbered ones, the unnumbered ones. Yeah, every type of one. So, but uh, good, uh, good valid point. Well, see, Jimmy Lawson, he said, "You're so right, James." I, know, I remember I Jimmy. I gifted Jimmy a DPS once when it was Footy Stars time, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" I'm like, "Mate, I want you to have this so you can see what's coming." Is that right, Jimmy? And then boom, look at the guy. He's basically rivaling my St Kilda collection. Yeah, he's doing well. He is. All right. Well, I don't know if you necessarily changed my mind, but you certainly had a good crack, and we'll see how this segment moves forward. I like it. Maybe if you guys I like it. have ideas that we can get Jenks to try to change our minds, shoot them through at cardauthority.com.au, and we will look to, well, see if we can give some life to this segment. Yeah. yeah. Um, Talking about opinions, actually, I might just try right. and clarify something quickly here. It's made me think about it. Oh, you put Are you me going on, off? No, because you did this to me last week as well. Okay. And you sort of put me in the shit a little bit because right. maybe I didn't contextualize it correctly. What maybe take it a little bit out of context. Okay. We had a little bit of chat of a chat about grading. I'm oh. not going to harp on about it, <laughs> okay. but I do want to address it just yeah. in case I've been Should I give a recap? misinterpreted. Go recap it quickly. So last week we briefly spoke about or last fortnight, last show, that grading cards for AFL, there is no substantial data to say that there's any massive increase in price or value. Yeah, there's no broader overall increase in value. Yep. I just want to clarify. Change everyone's mind, Jake. I don't know. It turned into this bit of a, a fest out there of he's anti-graded cards and whatnot. Yep. One, I'm not anti-graded cards. Anti I'm not anti-graded AFL you are, cards. You are anti And I'll let out a little bit of a secret here. But here at uh, at our business side of things at RGV Collectibles, yep. over the last couple of years, we have got a very significant amount of AFL cards we do. graded predominantly with PSA. Yep. A lot of them, probably 50 or so, have sat on both eBay and on the shelf in the store Yep. with prices on them that would be relevant if they were basketball cards or something else in order to test the market and see what it feels like. The fact that we struggle to sell them not only for the listed price but any price at all we have sold or some. any we've sold a couple there's yep. no doubt we've sold a couple yep. and yes they were at a slight premium yep but at the moment graded afl cards at a broad level not a cherry-picked single card or a single listing or a single eBay sale, result, or a bunch of sales that no one can actually verify in legitimate data as of right now Graded AFL cards don't seem to be fetching more money, but I will categorically say that I believe in the future <laughs> a time will come yep. that graded AFL cards will have more notoriety and more interest, which then turns into more demand, and therefore they will be more valuable to the extent that we invested a lot of time and money in getting cards graded ourselves. But to be clear... I didn't come out and outright say AFL-graded cards are trash. I haven't bagged any particular breakers. You did. It's you horses it. for courses. You did. You said it. But right now, stop trying to sell me your Saints-graded cards <laughs> for more than the market. Thank you very much. And look, you know, to give a little bit of context, we've obviously invested a lot of money um, in doing CA slaps because we like the idea of preserving, protecting, looking after your cards. But we also acknowledge that it doesn't add additional value at this point it's preferential it's what people want absolutely like, preferential yeah so 
good of you to clear that up that you don't believe in graded cards and you think it's the devil. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that. Yes. Um, but look, in all seriousness, who knows what will happen in the future? Absolutely. Do you want to grade your cards? Fantastic. The fact that there's so much Go conversation it. about it, negative, positive, indifferent, shows that it's an interesting subject, at least, and people want to talk about well, it. Well, Matthew Anderson and there's made more, a, There's more of it happening. He made a great comment. <laughs> yeah. Every year. At the same time. At the same up. time, pre-40 stars, there's always the graded card yeah. campaign. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't... Uh, don't hang Jake's for it. Absolutely. Yeah. He just hates them. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, look, uh, we're getting close to wrapping up. Thank you, everyone, for all your comments. Just a reminder, Footy Stars announcement on Saturday. Oh, shit. It's 2 o'clock, I think. I don't have the screen. Now. I'll be away. This is uh, this is your domain. Oh, God. Butters, do you know what it is? Saturday afternoon, Footy Stars Saturday announcement. Afternoon. You'll see a reminder come from Card Authority. Yep. And, again, if you haven't checked it out already, make sure you jump on the website. We've had some major updates to the website. We have. We've got a lot of fantastic resources and articles available now. There's also the entire back catalogue of episodes as well as some short clips. Butters blog. We hope, there's Butters blog. We hope you guys are enjoying all the 12, content at the moment. 12 p.m. it is. Thank you, Stephen. We said we were going to make more of an effort. We're trying to make that effort. If there's things that you guys want, make sure you let us know if there's particular types of articles or resources that you want. Whether, you know, I know we've got up at the moment how to package cards, redemptions, how to avoid scams. Uh, what else have we got up there? We've got all sorts of things. Lots of really good content up at the moment, speculation around cards, different types of things. Make sure you check it out if you've got some spare time and make sure, give us a Google review too. How about that? Jenks being away on a Saturday. No way. Uh, good thanks, work, thanks, Ash. All right. On that note. Uh, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Oh, hang on a sec. They're all Glenn, Glenn, Glenn McInerney. Any chance to stay in the podcast later due to me not getting home in time for work? Uh, we can't, Glenn, but you can catch up on all the episodes on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Facebook, all that kind of stuff. And, Glenn, you can always send us messages that we will read out on air. <laughs> Robbie O'Donnell is such a to start <laughs> earlier. Very nice. 12 p.m. Lockett says it's at 12, at 12, yeah, 12 p.m. PM. So we will be on air straight after that to break down footy stars. Me and Butters will go absolutely ham at looking at all the checklists, all the ins and outs about the sale details, when you can buy, what you can buy, how much you can buy. And yes, there's been some questions. RGB will be selling boxes. We will be doing breaks. As always, we will be getting balls deep into footy stars is pretty much the only way to describe it. Pardon the pun. Pardon the pun. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the new setup. It's a bit freaky looking at Jenks for like a full total hour. Might have to do something about that. Hopefully it's <laughs> going to be better on Saturday with Butters there. But thank you, everyone, for your questions. Be safe, be kind to each other, and we will see you shortly on Card Authority.